This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to episode number eight of Let's Get Real on Film Geek Radio. I'm Andrew Johnson, and this is the show where we talk with filmmakers, producers, actors, writers, and other people in the film business about their work. Coming up, my Cinema Fix co-host Monica Castillo talks to actress Greta Gerwig about her new film, Francis Ha, which she co-wrote along with the film's director, acclaimed filmmaker Noah Baumbach. In the movie, Gerwig stars as Frances, a young woman in her 20s who lives in New York with her best friend Sophie, but when Sophie moves out, Frances is forced to figure out what to do with her life. Now, that probably sounds exactly like the plot of hundreds of small independent movies, but Frances Ha is a little bit different, or at least it's much more well done than the vast majority of movies about millennials searching for purpose. It's shot in exquisite black and white, so it looks absolutely gorgeous, and Gerwig gives what could be the best performance of her career, walking a delicate line between a character that's in many ways very unlikable, yet also somehow sympathetic. Now, you may know that Greta Gerwig first rose to prominence as part of the quote-unquote mumblecore film movement, which is a fairly new trend in independent filmmaking that prioritizes a very low-budget aesthetic and improvisational acting over more traditional scripting. She's worked a lot with people like Joe Swanberg and the Duplass brothers, and she had supporting roles in the films No Strings Attached, Arthur, and To Rome With Love. She also worked with Baumbach on his previous film, Greenberg. So without further ado, I'm going to play the interview she was kind enough to do with Monica. They talked about writing the movie, the look of it, the use of dance, lots of great stuff. I apologize if the audio quality is at times a little bit subpar. Sometimes that happens with phone interviews. But anyways, here's Monica talking with Greta Gerwig. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. All right. Francis Ha. Yeah. So, did you enjoy enjoy making the movie? Yeah, I I I'm, I loved making the movie. It's it's my favorite movie I've I've ever made, and it's that's the a- one I feel most strongly about. And I mean, part of that's because I I wrote it, but part of it's just I just love it. <laughs> uh, so, how much input did you have in the whole writing process? I co-wrote it, so I wrote it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, well, is it like fifty-fifty? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, believe me, nobody gets a co-writing credit if you did not co-write it. Well, could you uh, talk a bit about the writing process with uh, Noah? Would you work on different parts of her and Francis' story, or would you come up with scenarios together? Well, we really, um, you know, I, I, you know, I wrote, I made the movie with Noah, and and we both equally wrote the character of Francis as well as every other character. So, I mean, we really wrote it. Together, although we mostly wrote the scenes actually separately. I mean, we would generate ideas together, but then we would, um, I would go off and take a crack at a scene, and he would go off and take a crack at a scene, and then we'd switch and then edit each other and then add jokes or add little moments we thought worked. And then we did that, and we, we got a lot of material, and then once we had a lot of material, we started going through and figuring out what the story was from that. and. 
I mean, we tried to write it in order, but what ends up happening is you just create way too many scenes and way too many characters, and then you have to start kind of culling and deciding what you're going to keep and what you're going to leave. Our world felt very real. I was wondering if you could talk a bit about developing those secondary characters, because it really felt like it was something lived in. It didn't feel anything sitcom-y or that sort of thing. I mean, I really love movies where they're just populated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm interested in films and theater pieces where there's just a lot of characters, and they all feel like they're given a, a certain amount of human dignity. And I think that we really focused on these different people as individuals, and, you know, we were never looking to just get some generic version of them and even if a character thinks that they're a generic version of them like for example Francis thinks that Patch Sophie's boyfriend is this that douchebag and the funny thing is I feel like you get to realize he's not when he and Sophie are fighting because all of a sudden he becomes a real person and Francis's attempt to reduce him to a stereotype is wrongheaded and I think that we try to avoid stereotyping people because it's just no nobody's a stereotype. I've never once met anybody who's like just completely what you think they are based on external cues. And I think we try to, you know, really fill fill out the world and the people around her with specificity. A lot of the problems that Frances and her uh friend come across were pretty relatable. Did you find those experiences in your own background and the background of some of your friends or just stories that have been passed around? I'm thinking, uh, Um, yeah, there's a lot of the money problems that's going on now with our generation uh, specifically. So dealing a lot with recession, not having money, taking internships that lead to nowhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt like both Noah and I were drawing upon our own lives and the lives of people around us to create this world, and although I don't think of it as being specifically a comment of it about a generation or a piece about a generation as much as I think it's about these people and these characters, mm. I do think that there is the kind of economic subtleties of differences between friends and people and choices between mm. taking a, a job that gives you a 401k and health insurance or trying to do something else but doing it without a trust fund. These are all really real things and something living in New York because New York is just so expensive to live in. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I see it all the time and I see how deeply practical some decisions have to be and not just some romanticized version of being an artist. Well, back again to your um, writing a little bit. Um, Are you looking to do more things behind the camera? Yeah, writing and directing is what I want to do. Oh, you're looking to directing. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you working on any projects yet? Yeah. I mean, I get they're all too, like, early to talk about them, but yeah. Fair, fair. (laughs) Yeah. Well, jumping back to Francis real quick. Do you know what the reason was to shoot in black and white? I mean, it came out gorgeous, and it just gives such a striking mm-hmm. visual to a lot of the a lot of the scenery and the moments. And um, I think it it almost becomes a sort of character in itself, giving different shades yeah. and tones to scenes. 
Well, we've, we've, um, you know, that was a really early decision in the writing, actually. We, we wanted to make it in black and white, and it, as soon as we said it out loud, we just intuitively felt like that was right for this story. And then mm-hmm. over the year while we were writing it, Noah and, and the DP, Sam Levy, and, and myself, we did all these camera tests with different kinds of cameras and different, um, finishing processes with a colorist and, it was really looking to find that very soft, warm black and white that feels silvery as opposed to harsh or contrast, mm-hmm. high contrast. Yeah. It, it was that kind of, um, it was those gray, those grays that we were really looking for. And the colorist Pascal Dangin is a bit of a genius and he, along with Sam, maybe just we just found this look, and as soon as we had the look, we knew we we could do it in black and white. But we really wanted to make sure that we could do it and not have it look too digitally or too cold. Yeah, yeah. How did you decide to give Francis the profession of a dancer? Um, is it also a starving artist thing, the starting out and it being a relatively almost thankless job? You have to struggle as an artist and grow your technique and stuff like that. Do you have a background in modern dance? Well, I had a background. I grew up dancing and mainly ballet, and then my my body did not grow into a body that could do ballet um, mm-hmm. professionally, and that was really hard for me. I really wanted to do it, and but I kept dancing, and I was doing a lot of musical theater and stuff like that, so I was dancing, doing that uh, in high school, and then when I went to college, my college actually had this incredibly strong modern dance program, and I, I'd not really done a lot of modern dance. I'd done pop and hip-hop and jazz, but I hadn't really learned the fundamentals of modern dance, and so even though I wasn't terrific at it. I, I loved doing it and I really learned how to dance and I really learned how to appreciate modern dance in a different way. And I knew a girl, I knew lots of people who still are struggling to be dancers and choreographers in the city. And I also knew a girl who was, um, when we graduated from college, she got an apprenticeship mm-hmm. to dancers, Mark Morris, which is a very famous modern dance company in New York. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. um, yeah, and she was an apprentice there, and it was a big deal. And it, it was like she was, you know, she was training with the company. She was learning the choreography. She could take classes for free. It mm-hmm. was sort of like, well, this was the first step. And yeah. when she was 26, they pulled her aside, and they were like, we just need you to know that you'll never actually be part of the company. You can keep doing this, but it's never. we're never going to actually ask you to do it. Wow. And, and I just always thought, I, I'd always sort of had that in the back of my mind. It's like, what a great, I mean, like, it's so terrible and so hard, but what, what a potent thing to put in a movie about something that seems like it's so great when you're 21, but at mm-hmm. 26, you can realize that was all for nothing, like, in some deep way. And it just seemed to go along with what Francis was experiencing with Sophie, which is that, you know, she believed in the dream of them living together, and mm-hmm. she woke up one day and realized that actually Sophie, Sophie's not doing that. And 
that Francis was hanging on to something that was never going to happen. And mm-hmm. I don't know. And also, I just love dance. I love watching dance. And um, I love trying to do it. And I still try to do it all the time. And, yeah. And there's something about modern dance, too, that, like, where the ballet is very vertical and very ethereal and literally the idea behind putting girls in point shoes is to make them look like they're floating mm-hmm. as opposed to modern dance, which is all about groundedness and staying low to the ground and yes. really connecting with with your gravity. And I, mm-hmm. I think that, that that to me is just really cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's, it's almost Frances finding her ground. Finding the earth she's standing on. Yeah, that's what it's for. But it was it was great um, to see a lot of that created the company and yeah, the whole breaking the news. Oh, by the way, actually, this was all for nothing. I think you really captured that whole little dance bubble because it is. It almost feels like it's its own little community, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's good that you know that you keep up with it. Yeah, well, I love, I just love it. I mean, it's just good. I just love watching it too. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there's something so human about dancing and I, and I'm always looking for more, more. And more I mean, the movement is great. It's, it, I think also with the black and white of the film, that's the poster is for dancing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Do you have a favorite company in New York? Um, I love Tina Bausch. Yeah. It's like, Probably one of my favorites. So you cut the documentary, couple years back. Yeah, oh, the documentary is great. Um, I really love um Limon dancers. I think they're beautiful and mm-hmm. beautiful dancing. And um, the Merce Cunningham stuff. He does this thing where it, I always call it happy walks, but I don't know what it really is. But it looks like it's this sort of jaunty walk he has all his dancers do. And I just yeah yeah I, I just. I just always called it happy walks, and I like them. I think uh, one interesting one, if you haven't seen it, just in case, um, the falling leaves piece that he did was just people, yeah. different stages of falling. That was pretty cool. That was really great. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I still love watching ballet. I still love going to New York City Ballet and ABT, and, you know, yeah. I, I love watching all the Balanchine choreography. Really oh, gosh, fun. of course, yeah. So are you really into the, the dancing in New York? Do you go often? Yeah, I mean, as a viewer, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the title of Mumblecore Queen? I actually got that in one of the press releases for Frances Ha, and I, I laughed a little bit. Did Joe Swanberg do that to you? No. We, it, was a, it was a Frances press release? I think, or some, it came up somewhere um, with oh. one of the many emails I got in regards to Francis, and I thought it was oh. a little funky because Francis has nothing to do with mumblecore. <laughs> yeah. So I was, well, I, I was I very know. confused. <laughs> I think it's just a silly title. I mean, it doesn't really make me feel one way or the other. I mean, I feel like Francis is very far removed from what people kind of termed mumblecore, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, to be annoyed by it is kind of a a losing battle. All right. Fair. Well, thank you so much for the interview. Uh, Glad to talk to a fellow dancer. Oh, yay. Good. (laughs) Great.
All right, that was Monica Castillo interviewing Greta Gerwig about Francis Ha, which is currently in select theaters and should slowly expand to further cities across the country. As always, you can contact the show by emailing Let's Get Real at filmgeekradio.com. You can also comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com and go there to find show notes for each episode. Don't forget, if you like the show, to subscribe through iTunes and be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix and The Thin Place. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew, and you can follow Monica Castillo at MCastiMovies. That's M-C-S-T-I Movies. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Let's Get Real. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!